Bill Peschel, and this is Mechanicsburg Mystery Presents, a conversation with Sherry Knowlton. Sherry has worked for the state government at the executive level in the social and human services area and later on in the health insurance industry. Now retired, she occasionally does healthcare consulting, but spends more of her time writing thrillers. Drawing on her travel experiences and her interest in social issues, Knowlton created Alexa Williams, a lawyer with a passion for justice and a knack for attracting trouble. Her five thrillers revolve around issues such as abortion, sex trafficking, and fracking, and they're intended to make you think. Dead on the Delta, the fifth book in the Alexa Williams series, was published this month. Set in Botswana, Alexa and her boyfriend Reese are members of a group researching lion behavior, and they become immersed in the politics of wildlife conservation, as well as a dangerous gang of poachers. Sherry, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Yes. Uh, what does a healthcare consultant do, by the way? Ah, well, my sort of little corner of healthcare consulting has a lot to do with Medicaid, uh, which is the program for low-income people run by the government, and uh, also what's known as Obamacare, the ACA. Um, because when um, I was in state government, which you mentioned, uh, my last position there was uh, deputy secretary for medical assistance. I ran the state's medical assistance program, then went and uh, into the private sector and ran some Medicaid managed care plans. So I developed an expertise over the years and I work mainly with insurers, but sometimes state governments um, to you know, give them advice or write uh, proposals, that sort of thing. That kind of knowledge work is very important. I have a friend of mine who works for uh, the pharmaceutical industry. Ah. And she's the kind of the go-between between the company she works for and the FDA uh, or whoever oversees prescription drugs. And it's quite astonishing. Um, well, it's just astonishing the work she has to do and what she has to do and how valuable it is that even after she retired, she still does like what you've been doing is consulting for them. Yeah. So it's, it's just amazing the little jobs that are vital that, you know, you have to have people who are very knowledgeable about the complexities of, in, the, in your case, the healthcare system, as anyone who has had to go to a doctor has found out. Exactly. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask, um, let's see, did you always want to tell stories? You know, I think the answer to that is yes. I, I think it started with, I always wanted to read stories. Um, I mean, from the time I was a little kid, um, the, the constant refrain at my house was, Sherry, get your nose out of that book. Uh, <laughs> Because um, if I had a like an ounce of spare time, I would be reading. Uh, and so somewhere along the line, even when I was a little kid, you know, I started uh, being one of the people that produced a newspaper for my elementary school, which was a mimeograph sheet that I'm dating myself, um, or, uh, you know, writing stuff for those little journals that would publish school kids poetry and, and stories and um, then I did a high school newspaper and college newspaper uh, and really was planned to be a journalist and then life sort of took over and I drifted into a state government job and um, 
never really got a chance to write uh, fiction. I kept trying, but uh, having time for it, especially when I got into executive positions, just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't possible. At least I couldn't juggle both. Um, sometimes I work 60 hour weeks, uh, you know, so you just don't have time. But what I did do in all of my jobs uh, was a lot of professional writing, you know, legislation, regulations, uh, plans, proposals. So there, the day came uh, about, I guess it's about 10 years ago now, when I started doing part-time consulting, le you know, left my full-time job. And I, at that point I said, well, if you're ever gonna write that novel, that you've been talking about for years, uh, this is the time to do it. And so I did. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's fascinating. I didn't know you had kind of a journalism background and yeah. it seems like that's that type of re reporting and reportage that, that a writer would do then would end up kind of informing your work as well because you're also kind of doing reporting in your uh, Alexa series too. I, I guess that's an interesting perspective, but I guess you're right because I, I like to talk to really um, include issues, contemporary issues, um, even historical issues. But in my in my books, it's not just a mystery; it's a mystery or a thriller that evol revolves around uh, an event or a concept, uh, that, and usually they're sort of from the headlines uh, type. Uh, concepts. Mm -hmm. When you're deciding, when you're plotting a book, does the issue come to mind first as saying, oh, I'd like to write about that? Or is it more an organic process of coming up with a plot and seeing what where it takes you? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I, on my first book, uh, I really wanted, um, which deals with um, issues of uh, women's right to choose, uh, some fundamentalist religion things, militia, which is, you know, interestingly enough, back in the news again, uh, with the, uh, the, the uh, things that are being talked about today, even in, in the impeachment trial. But, um, but what really I wanted to write about was uh, a newspaper article, going back to your, uh, your thought about news, that I'd read years and years ago where the body of a young woman was found in the woods, not far from where I live, uh, near the Michaux State Forest. And it always just sort of tugged at my heart that for years nobody could identify that young woman's body. Uh, and that was sort of the genesis of it. And then these issues that were important to me um, also found their way into the plot. So was that a conscious effort on your part or did you suddenly, because writers, we, we learn that writers sometimes write just to discover what they're thinking. Yeah, um, you know, it's, I guess as I was, I'm, a, I'm an outliner. So, you know, I do outline my concepts, but, all of the the pieces just sort of fell together. So when I, you know, talked about a young woman alone in the woods, um, you know, who had been killed, um, I had a historical plot of the three babes in the woods, which is a child murder from the depression, an actual true, another true story. Um, they seem to like 
echo through time though those those two sets of women or girls found dead uh, and not being identified and then suddenly that morphed in my mind into these other issues that make women vulnerable mm -hmm. uh, yeah well, at the center of your books is Alexa Williams, and I described her a little bit, but could you give us a little more, a better idea of who she is and, and you know, what, what she's all about? Sure. Um, Alexa is a 30-ish uh, lawyer. Um, she uh, lives in the, this area here where I live, Carlisle, Pennsylvania area. Uh, and uh, she lives in a little cabin in the woods, but she spent the last, at the beginning of the books, uh, she spent the last decade or so in New York City where she went to law school, uh, practiced at a big city law firm and just wanted to get out of the rat race, come home. Uh, so she comes home, rejoins the family law firm, uh, moves into uh, her old family cabin with her English Mastiff <laughs> Scout. And she just is looking for a Zen life in the woods. She likes to hike and all of that sort of stuff. But somehow that keeps eluding her because she keeps stumbling over dead bodies at different places. And then that draws her into trouble because she's one of these people who just can't let well enough alone. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, she gets uh, drawn into danger. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of a quote from uh, Sue Grafton, who uh, he, she said that Kinsey Milhone, her uh, detective hero, she described her as her alter ego, the person she might have been had she hadn't married young and had children. And uh, there's also, I think it was, might have been Larry Niven who said, if you, you're, you're, you, there's a word for people who try to draw inferences between the authors and their characters, and that's idiot. So where, where do you stand with Alexa? Does she have things that you, you, you have some wish fulfillment or you just decided this is who she's going to be and let, and let her be who she is? I'd say that some of the, tr I'm not a lawyer, um, <laughs> although I did think about law school at one time, but some of the, the trappings of her life are, um, you know, a little similar to mine, like small things. She drinks chai tea, I love chai tea. Um, I live in the woods and, and so does Alexa. Uh, we used to have English Mastiffs. And so uh, Scout is sort of a tribute to all of those dogs that we had in our lives. Uh, but she's not necessarily a younger, prettier version of me. Um, mm -hmm. she, she's her own character. Because, uh, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't think I would be comfortable uh, stumbling over dead bodies at every turn myself. I would find it very difficult to play the amateur detective. It, in some ways, you know, Zoom interviews are really nice because it's 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 can be kind of intimate, but you know, the screen gets turned off and every, you know, everything is fine. <laughs> I'm too much of an introvert right. to be able to do that. Um, you've written five books about Alexa's adventures, starting with Dead of Autumn and followed by Dead of Summer and Dead of Spring and Dead of Winter. Um, over those books, has she changed? Yes, she has in, in some ways. Um, mm -hmm. I think she's gotten a little more mature. Uh, she's gotten actually more comfortable, I think, in dealing with dangerous situations. She doesn't freak out. And in fact, uh, you know, in one of the books, she was taking Krav Maga class classes to, you know, just to be prepared. 
she has a lot of trouble with romance. Uh, so that, you know, she's been through some different uh, phases with, with men, you know, ups and downs, ups and downs. Uh, but I think she's grown more content with her life. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, remember, she's a 30-something. So, it, it, you know, I know at, at that age, I, you know, wasn't totally settled down yet, uh, you know, and she's sort of like that. She's not totally settled, uh, but she definitely is happier being home. And even though she's not living quite the Zen life that she uh, anticipated, I think she thinks she's, um, she's doing good uh, when she confronts these dangerous situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, can they be, should they be read in order? Or can you just get drop in any time, like with the latest version? Yeah, they're written to be, uh, you know, standalones uh, that you could, not true standalones, but the standalone enough that you could pick up each book on its own. And, uh, you know, it would be an, an independent uh, adventure. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that if you think you may really be into a, you know, sort of a kick-ass female heroine, and you want to follow her, it would be best to start with the first. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, this one is set in Africa, in Botswana, in Southern Africa. What kind of research have you had to do for this book? Well, this research was a lot of fun. I, I, I like to do research for all the books. I, I, I'm one of these people who thinks that you have to be very factual, even though it's fiction. Uh, but for this one, um, we had been, my husband and I, we like to travel. So we'd been to Africa many times on safari. We keep going back again and again. Uh, but for this, uh, I realized as I started to write that I really needed more specifics. You know, it's one thing to go on vacation and have fun. It's another thing to try to write about it. Uh, and so what I decided was, well, this is a great excuse to go back to Botswana. And, <laughs> and we spent a month uh, on safari uh, and also went to the, the capital city of Botswana. We'd never been to, to Havarone, uh, we went to another little town to, that I wanted to talk about in the book. I learned about the government. Um, and one of the most fun things is that uh, I wanted to talk about uh, lion research. Uh, Alexa's boyfriend from a previous uh, book uh, is a lion researcher. Uh, and so he's doing this you know, special project in Africa and she goes along but I realized I really didn't know what a day-to-day -day life of a lion researcher entailed. So I was able to uh, get a lion researcher that who works for a project uh, sponsored by the University of Oxford in England, but it, it, it happens in Botswana. And she was a young woman and spent three days with me out in the bush uh, telling me all about how to be a lion researcher. So yes. those are great moments that make it really worthwhile to be a writer. <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I was very impressed. I saw that in the acknowledgments that the Oxford University Wildlife Conservation Research Unit. That yeah. How did you ever find them? It's 
the, the company that we've gone to Botswana with, the travel company, is called Wilderness Safaris. And so I sort of, you know, thought, well, how am I going to find a lion researcher who works in Botswana? And um, I ended up talking to somebody there. They sponsor part of Wild Cruise research. Um, they let the researchers stay in their camps, use their vehicles, things like that. And so they um, talked to the Wild Crew people. Uh, they had to get permission from Oxford to spend time with me. Um, but then, uh, you know, we arranged it so that uh, we could meet up with Robin, as was her name, is her name. Uh, and uh, that's how it all happened. It was through my safari company. That's so fascinating. Really grateful yeah. to them. Yeah. That's fascinating. And you put in a plug for them in the acknowledgments and a solicitation for donations. So if readers want to help them in their work, they can go ahead and make direct donations to, to, the, um, to the unit as well. So um, I was also impressed. And it, it tells that you've been there because I see all these details that I'm thinking you can't get that out of a book. Like there was a scene where they're serving soup to everyone and it's pumpkin soup. And it, and it was their joke that like 90% of the meals in Botswana, if it's soup, it's going to be pumpkin. Yeah, luckily I love pumpkin soup, but we did get it a lot at almost every camp when we were there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that's, that's the thing about travel. You got to like the food wherever you're going or else you're just going to be hungry. <laughs> um, so... Um, What's next for Alexa and Reese then? Is there another book in the works or are you, are you taking a break? Well, right now I'm taking a break and I'm, I'm working on a travel memoir. Um, it's, I, I'm not even 100% sure why I started it. People kept telling me, you know, uh, especially in my writing critique group, they, they kept saying, well, you should write about this. You should write about this when I would mention things. So, you know, a lot of time here during the pandemic being uh, squirreled away at home. And so I started to write um, a memoir. I'm, you know, pretty done, almost done with the first draft. But I do expect to get back to Alexa and Reese. Um, I haven't uh, determined the details yet of the story. I, I think it will probably come back home to South Central Pennsylvania where the other books are set. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think uh, this African interlude will play in a little bit to the next story as well. Well, I'm sure your readers will be very eager to find out what happens next because, of course, you leave Alexa and Reese's relationship. I wouldn't say on, on a cliffhanger, but there's obviously a little, little bit of trouble going on there that you... That, uh, well, you know, life is just not smooth, especially in fiction. <laughs> especially in fiction. <laughs> oh, I wanted to ask, uh, because your book has been published by Sunbury Press, um, mm -hmm. how did, what kind of relationship, how did you get in with Sunbury Press and their Milford House imprint? I wasn't aware that it existed. Um, the, the imprints at Sunbury are fairly new, um, and I can talk about that um, in a minute, but the the way I um, had the book published, the first book, Dead of Autumn, published by Sunbury uh, Press, was 
I think somewhat uh, a combination of luck and timing. Uh, but when I'd written, I really didn't know that much about the mechanics of publishing. Um, and I think many authors don't when they start out. And so uh, I had a pretty good like third or maybe since it was my first book, it might've been my fourth or fifth draft, but I had a pretty solid manuscript. And I happened to go to a conference that the Bosler Library here, um, they used to schedule the, do these big conferences. Of course, they haven't had one for a couple of years. And uh, Lawrence Noor, who's the publisher of Sunbury Press, which is located nearby in Mechanicsburg, um, he happened to be a speaker on a, a workshop panel uh, about different aspects of public publishing. So I approached him. Um, I actually had a little synopsis with me, um, just in case I'm one of the, I was a Girl Scout, be prepared, you know. So um, I had this little synopsis. He was interested enough to read it. Um, I think he was intrigued by the Babes in the Woods story that was part of the book, um, which is goes back to the three young girls who had been murdered during the de uh, Depression. Uh, and he contacted me on, in a couple weeks and said, um, I'd like to see 50 pages. And so I sent them to him and they offered me a contract. Uh, and, you know, I, I could, I was faced with that position of, you know, do I try to go and do the get an agent and, you know, try a big five publisher or something which could take years, or do I go with a perfectly reputable small press uh, and have my first book published, uh, you know, within the year? And so I haven't really looked back. <laughs> it's the type of luck writers dream of, but hate when somebody else gets it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, along the way, I think it was about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, um, Sunbury, uh, which publishes a wide range of books that, you know, they don't specialize just in, you know, thrillers or anything like that. In fact, they probably do uh, a better uh, nonfiction business than they do in terms of fiction, although they have lots of fiction authors like me. But they decided to um, try to differentiate uh, at, between different imprints, uh, one for suspense and fiction, another one for uh, poetry, another one for nonfiction. I can't, off the top of my head, give you all the imprints, but they have a number of imprints now. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure where that came from, but we'll just pass over that. Where can readers find you? Sorry. Huh? That was a thing on my computer that popped in. Sorry. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, so where can readers find you? I know you have a website, sherrynolton.com, right? Correct. Um, that I'm also on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, mm -hmm. Instagram, uh, and uh, the books themselves uh, are really almost uh, wherever books are sold. Of course, here in this area, in the, the Carlisle Mechanicsburg area, a Mechanicsburg Mystery Bookshop has them. Uh, Whistle Stop Bookstop has them. 
but uh, online and, and you can really get them at your local bookshop. You may have to order, but you know, they can come quickly, but also Sunbury Press, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, you name it, you can probably get it online as well. That's great. And while uh, readers can uh, wait for your travel memoir, they can go through your um, Dead of series and uh, have some good reads in store. Sherry, thank you for coming on to the show. Appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate the opportunity. Okay. This is Bill Peschel, and this has been Mechanicsburg Mystery Presents, A Conversation with Sherry Knowlton. Thank you for coming here today, and may your next book be your favorite book. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. The Mechanicsburg Mystery Presents podcast is sponsored by the Mechanicsburg Mystery Bookshop in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. The store is open with limited hours, plus we accept appointments and offer a drive-by service. The store will also ship books to your home, including those from the Peschel Press Mystery Line, including our annotated editions of novels by Agatha Christie and Dorothy L. Sayers. To learn more, visit the store at www.mysterybooksonline.com. And thank you for listening.